bless you. Welcome to the house of God. Today I was just thinking about this service and I said, I just want to sing, clap my hands, praise the Lord. It's a good opportunity to be in the house of God, is it not? Let's just sing, uh, let's just sing some songs where we can clap our hands. He hath made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. And I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise.
Let's all stand. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, I died on the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. There's power in the blood. Sunday morning. Time is filled with swift transition, and we're out of here. Amen? Time is filled with swift
name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Sing Our Lord is So Good, old song that we used to sing way back in the day. <laughs> Our Lord is so good. this evening? Amen. Has he been good to you? Because we just turned to prayer now. We don't have any prayer requests. We just sing that sing that little song, All Hail King Jesus, All Hail Emmanuel. Brother Daniel, it's good to have you here. We'll ask you to come and open the service in a word of prayer. All hail King Jesus. All hail
need. Just lift up your hand. Let it be known. He knows. He sees. He's going. He's here to meet your needs. He's here to answer every need. We've had we had a couple prayer requests from the prayer meeting. Brother Johnny had a request for his ring that was that was lost. But God can. God's a finder. He's the one that can find all all anything that's lost. He found us. Amen. Brother Daniel. Jesus, we come before your presence, O oh God. This evening, with our hands lifted, O oh God, certainly there is no written prayer request, but O oh God, down in our hearts, we have desires, we have needs, Lord Jesus. We have unspoken requests, O oh God, that we know you alone has the answer for all of our needs tonight. So we've come, Father, we sing the song of Zion. Just to give you praise of the things that you have done for us, Lord. Just to tell you how much you mean for us, O God. You mean everything, Lord Jesus, that we can never possess in this life. You mean everything, Lord. How we value this time that we can come, Lord Jesus, and be in your house and be in your presence. Oh God, as your prophets say, just let go the pressure, Lord Jesus. We receive so much pressure, oh God, from the things of this life. Oh God, pressure from work, pressure for different place, oh Father. But we come in this house, Lord Jesus, where we can just let go pressure, oh God. Where you can come with your Holy Spirit and fill our heart, Lord Jesus, with the peace that surpass all understanding, oh God, that we will leave this place rejoicing, Father. If we come, Lord Jesus, with some sort of a sadness, oh God, that your presence this evening, Lord, we take away any sadness, we take away any sorrow, we take away, oh God, any sickness, Lord Jesus. We apply the blood, Lord Jesus. We pray tonight that you will come, Father, and not your servant in a special way, Father. Oh, Father, set the men aside. He does not know our needs. He does not know our problems. But we pray, Lord Jesus, that as soon as he step in this pulpit, Lord, let it be the angel of God himself. Lord, speaking to your people, oh God, meeting the needs of your people tonight. Lord Jesus, even by the journey, oh God, request losing something, Father. Lord, so many of us have different requests, but we're lifting up our hand before you. We have created an atmosphere. You promised where two or three God in my name, I shall be there. Jesus is in our midst. So we bring all of our requests before you, O oh God. Lord Jesus, would you grant every person, O oh God, the desire of his heart, Lord Jesus. We commit a service to you. Have the full preeminence. I will love you, Lord Jesus. Anoint our brother Daniel, Lord Jesus, in a song. And everything that will be said tonight, receive all the glory. Receive all the praise. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Daniel. Just have a couple announcements. There's uh, Just please remember the wedding of Sister, Brother Joseph Lumami to Sister Sharon Gindo. It'll be July 23rd at 11 a.m. The reception is for everybody immediately following in the fellowship hall and to help plan for food, etc. There's a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board in the fellowship hall. So we're very happy for Sister Sharon and the Gindo family. So you just want to remember that. Sister Victoria, if you could get ready for your special. And Brother Tim, if you would want to come for the announcement as well. You may have your seats.
Amen. While Sister, Vic- while Sister Victoria gets ready, I just wanted to make a couple of announcements. Number one, uh, the latest Believer's Faith Challenge report is on the back table. If you'd like to have a copy, we have 12 pages of reports of what God is doing overseas in many different countries. And uh, I was saying to a couple people this week, if we put everything in here that we could, you know, we the spring edition of the Believer's Faith Challenge report used to be eight pages. Now it's 12. And if we put everything in here, we'd really need 16 pages. And uh, just so much God is doing. Um, there's a wonderful article written by Brother Murphy in here. And it's uh, it's titled, China, Government Increases Hunger for the Message. Now, that's all I'm going to tell you about that article. You can read it yourself. But uh, in the midst of adversity, when the government is trying to shut down things over there, it's actually increasing a hunger for the message of the hour. And it's glorious what God does. Uh, we, we've talked about how in the midst of adversity, Uganda has, uh, has seen some real victories lately. Ethiopia and the great things that are happening, happening there, the message hub, um, and also over in Angola. Uh, the supply chain crisis is affecting us in Angola. But you'll read about the great victory and the great number of messages that they've been able to print and distribute in Portuguese throughout the Angolan country. And so it's glorious what God is doing. You'll want to get a copy. And those of you that are streaming, if you're on the mailing list, you'll be getting a copy in the mail right away. Uh, and I just want to show you a few other things here. This is the Uganda Church Age book, hot off the press. Uh, Amen. And this is, this is the Uganda Hebrews book, first time printed. This is, uh, 10,000 copies are on their way of the church age book into Uganda. 10,000 copies of the Hebrews series is going to Uganda right now. And hot off the press, 20,000 Bibles into the country of Uganda. So God bless you. God bless you each and everyone that gave. Amen. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know you hold each day. This road is full of uncertainty. Be the shepherd of my way in word and deed. I'll let you Keep my eyes stayed on you, your word in my heart. You be my guide right from the start. With all of my strength, Lord, it's you I will serve. You get the praise, that's what you deserve. With all that I am, by the grace you provide, I'll place you first in my life. Don't worry about my future now. 
because I know you're in control. By your grace, I'll make it through somehow, because you're the God of impossible in life's best and worst. I'll seek you first. I'll keep my service. Let's sing that song, No Longer Slaves. You have covered me with a melody. You surround me with a song. Song of deliverance. From my enemies, oh, till all my dreams are gone, I'm no longer.
again with the right words. From the mind of God. And from the mind of God, you have chosen me. Oh, your love has called. Thank you. 
I believe he's just listening. He's drinking it in tonight. We're singing, Lord, how great you are. How wonderful you are. How amazing you are. By as a heavenly father, if your son or daughter came, he said, Dad, you're amazing. You're just incredible to me. You're like, wow. Thank you, son. Thank you, daughter. I just love you. I appreciate you. Wow. Well, thank you. Can you imagine how he feels when we say that to him? Amen. That's why I, I just want to pour the, our adoration upon him. Amen. As we sang, no longer a slave. I was listening to that. I said, my, the great emancipator. My, what an emancipation proclamation. When he said, it is finished. What the greatest proclamation known to man. Abe Lincoln signed a great one. But our God spoke a better one. He said, it's finished. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer chained in darkness because I freed you. Amen. We're going to have church tonight. I don't know where everyone else is, but we're having church tonight. Amen. Summer vacation started. That's okay. But God don't take summer vacation. (laughs) We're still going to have church. We're still going to give Him glory. We're going to come together. We're going to fellowship. And we're going to give Him all the honor and praises due Him. Amen. Amen. Good to see you all here. Welcome summer indeed. I'm thankful the weather arrived on time. I was getting worried. I'm like, well, the 21st is coming gone. Maybe the 22nd. I know there's about a two-day gap. And poof, here it is. So thank the Lord for the sunshine. Amen. I know everyone else around the world says we're crazy, but it is what it is. Just one little note. Camp is coming up. I do want to mention that. Uh, food is being ordered July 1st. So by June 27th, we'd like to have everybody's registrations. Uh, if you want to register after that, you, you're feel free to come. Just expect an empty plate. And we'll know because it's date stamped. Like, ah, sorry, here's your tray with nothing on it. So please register if you'd like to have some food because our food is notorious for being wonderful. Uh, the sisters and brothers do always outdo themselves. And so please indeed register for camp by the end of this month. That is vital to us, please. Amen. Well, without further words, we'll just turn to the word. Thank you, musicians. Appreciate that. Thank you, Brother Dan, for singing. Singing in the back, you know, I know we come to church, we always sing some songs and so on and so forth. No, it's we're creating atmosphere so that we can come into the presence of God and he's, he's pleased to come and dwell amongst us tonight. And so we do, we sing those songs. We want to create that, that time, that, 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 that atmosphere that he's, he's willing to come and, and just meet with us because my goodness, if he doesn't, let's just pack up our Bibles and go home. I would have spent a few days for nothing, but that's not, I don't believe that's what we're here for. We're expecting him to come. Amen. Amen. We're going to turn right to the beginning of the Bible. Very, 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 very beginning. Genesis 1. Pray the Lord just help me tonight. I just feel like I'm tackling a bit of a subject that's, uh, I don't know, just... Sometimes it's hard to try and put into the words, maybe the thoughts you're trying to put down on paper. I pray the Lord just takes over tonight and he says what he wants to say. So Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Maybe turn over to Romans 7 as well. 
verse 17. Sorry, my apologies, Romans 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men into justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Amen. Amen. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we have indeed worshipped, Lord. We have expressed our hearts. Lord, we've told you and we just want to tell you again, we love you and we appreciate you. And we just want to thank you that we even have the opportunity here tonight to come together. Lord, it was pulled from us not too long ago and sinking there in the back study, Lord, how we were empty not too many months. And Lord, so we're grateful for this opportunity we can gather together. It's precious to us, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that you would move and just deal with hearts, Lord. You know what you desire to speak and you know that... The, the needs, Lord, within the people. And so, Lord, I pray your word would speak to each an individual need tonight. In Jesus Christ's name, we commit this service to you now. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Yes, sir. Amen, brother EBA. We're believing it. It's the finished work. Genesis 1. I was thinking about... This verse here, a little bit pondering it, and the earth was without form and void. And that form, it's an old Hebrew word, it's very, it's not used actually that much in the scripture, but it's a meaning of formlessness, it's confusion, it's a land reduced to primeval chaos and formlessness. That's the word they use there. And so I went into the chaos a little bit. What's chaos? Well, chaos is complete disorder. And confusion. Alright, and then there's a whole list of words that went along with that. And I'm just going to read them all very quickly. Because let's give you an idea of what was going on here. Disorder. Disarray. Disorganization. Confusion. Mayhem. Bedlam. Pandemonium. Madness and havoc. Turmoil. Tumult. Commotion. Disruption. Upheaval. Fervor. Frenzy. Uproar. Hue and cry. Babble. Hurly burly. A maelstrom. A muddle. A mess. A shambles. A mare's nest, anarchy, entropy, lawlessness, bangerang, hullabaloo, all hell broke loose, madhouse, and a three-wing circus. <laughs> if you didn't get it, that's chaos in a nutshell. Pick one of those words, and I would say that's where we're living right now. But back in the scripture, it was saying that the earth was without form, and it was void. It was a state of really... Of confusion, which means a state of being bewildered or unclear in one's mind about something or lacking understanding. Indeed, there was nothing there on, on this earth. But Abraham, he, he, he speaks about it. How is this this little clinker that God threw out there? And I, I have a quote, maybe we'll get to it in a, in, a, in a short little bit. But he speaks about the earth being that. And I thought, you know, what confusion and chaos are we in still? In, in still here on the earth. And Brother Branham says, in this hour that we're living, this great chaos that we're in now, it's the darkest hour that the world has ever seen. Darkest hour. The world's pretty dark. There's been some pretty bad times on the earth, and, uh, and but we're in the darkest. He says, Sodom was wretched. Well, it's darker. 
You say Noah's time was pretty bad. That only eight souls were saved and they got on an ark and they didn't even heed the message for 120 years. Well, it's worse. It's darker today. But Abraham says, and the world seems to be the most evil age there ever was. He says, it looks like I've seen these boys have that hair. They even put these roller curlers in it. My. Dear goodness, I'm seeing hair these days that could probably probably fit some curlers in it nowadays on some boys. Dear goodness, I don't know. Sometimes I become discouraged, he says. It looks like it's a true time of perversion. Men trying to wear women's clothes. Women trying to wear men's clothes. Men leaving their hair like women. Women having their hair like men. What's the matter with these people? Anyhow, has the, has the really the very threads of decency and honor left this nation and its people? I'd say one of those words of chaos apply to where we're living right now. You know, we have climate chaos. I know you maybe not believe in climate change, but whatever you feel about that, our climate is weird. It just downright stinks. Here, at least, right now. It's, 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 it's in an upheaval. I'd say it's in a chaos. It's disorderly. It's just weird. You know, we got heat, we got cold, we got storms, we got flood. We just got it all, you know, and, and, and it's like it flips a switch. I, I think it just, I don't know. I don't know what the weathermen do. I think they throw a dart on the board and then tell you what it's going to be because it's chaotic weather. Right? We've got a global chaos with Ukraine and Russia and all this goodness. My, we've got China and, oh, they're wanting these different lands and, oh, we got all these shootings in the U.S. Terrible, terrible times. It's chaos. I'll probably say that word 800 times tonight. Our bodies can sometimes be reeking in chaos. You know, there's a certain order our bodies need to be in. And when we have a disorder, we have a disease or something's wrong and we're unhealthy or something's, you know, uh, something's in upheaval and our cells, they behave in an ordered fashion. And when the order's broken down and they don't observe certain rules, we have, we have a, we have an issue in our body. And actually that's actually how even cancer is. It's a cell that goes rogue. It's a cell that actually in your body that it goes chaotic. It doesn't listen to the signals that are saying, hey, it's time to divide. Hey, it's time to die and, and move on for a new cell. You know, you, you've, you've aged out. And so, you know, and so cells are programmed. They get signals in your body. And they're, they're constantly, you know, splitting and creating new ones and die. And other ones are dying off. And our bodies replenish that way. But when they don't, when they, when something comes out of order, when there's disorder in the cell and it start, it doesn't, it, it starts ignoring certain signals. That's where we start going. It starts going rogue. And it starts to, to multiply and it starts to create havoc and chaos in your body. One cell can do that. Only one cell. And then it just goes from there. There's a specific order in our DNA. There's DNA defects, genetic defects, only because maybe one little code, maybe one little letter in a certain code in the gene in your, in your, in your DNA is, 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 is flipped. You know, there's an A instead of a T and it's disordered. Then you have major issues. You have people have six fingers just because one little letter on a code is, is, uh, is switched out when something's being replicated and it creates disorder in the body because of that. And when the body's in disorder, it, it's in, it's in trouble. It's in a state of dying. But when God brings order, he brings life. Amen. 
Always. When God brings order, life is there. And God has an order. He has a specific order. You can see it if we just even look at nature. God has a specific order in how, how even the, the world spins and turns around. And we see it in the, it, it, whether it's the galaxies or whether we see our ecosystems or however. I mean, you take one little bug out of a system or take an animal out of a system and you disrupt it. And you create a whole lot of chaos for that ecosystem. Because everything's put in check. You know, this thing eats that thing. This thing eats that. This eats, you know, this plant. And, and it all keeps it down in check. If you take one of them out, you take a rabbit out or take a coyote out and the rabbit starts to multiply. And then they're everywhere. You know, and, and so there's a, there's a problem. And so there's a, there's a specific order. God made it that way. He created n- nature this way so that it had order. Man always puts in his, his ideas. Man gets in there. He starts waging his own ideas and thoughts. He goes hunting. He an- annihilates you know, all certain animals in the area. And it causes a, a problem. It affects the, the predators and all of that. And so man, always, man, when he injects his problems, he creates chaos. God created order. And so there was chaos in the beginning. In Genesis, and the earth required Lord who filled all time and space. He required a brooding, and he started to brood. He started to bring. I said, I need to bring order to chaos. He saw it out there. It was just, it's just all a mess. He says, and the first thing you know, he says, yeah, I hear him say, he says, let there be light. And when he did, an, an atom broke yonder, and the sun came into existence. He says, I watched that sun, Brother Branham speaking, I see that sun burn for millions of years. And the first thing you know, off went a clinker. He stood and watched it, my, for a few millions of years. So, Lord, he just stood and watched it for a few million years. And then he stopped it. After millions, he stopped that right there. And then another flew off and he stopped it. What? He said he was putting together the solar system. He said he was writing his first Bible. He was putting things in order. Amen. He said, and the Bible said in the beginning, the world is without form and there's nothing but darkness and chaos. Oh, he said, what a horrible shape. It must have been nothing but the way into darkness yonder without light or nothing churned in water, a wandering star twisted around the orbits out there. It must have been a terrific mass of something lost like it was. It just couldn't find its way. And so this was the chaos it was in. And But God, he said, took that great chaos of darkness and transformed it. Into a garden of Eden by his word. Mm. He said that's how we're transformed. By his word. Amen. When God said that there'd be light. And all creation came. And around the sun. He said it, became, it revolved around the sun. Became a garden of Eden. Because it obeyed the word of God. I pray you hold on to that there. As we get through the service. And he transformed it. He said, the transforming power of God can take something that is nothing and make something wonderful out of it. That's God's transforming power. Amen. My, I can only imagine the serenity when God, as we would read in scripture and he would step back and say, it's good. When God would say it's good. My, I don't even think we have the, the, the comprehension or the ability in our brains to even imagine what that goodness really was. And just the, the ultimate beauty that Eden was as he, as he, as he had created it. 
and made it into just everything that was in his mind. And so he was, he brooded over the earth and he spent that time, millions and millions of years as Brother Branham spoke as that clinker was out there. And then when he got down to creation, he started to spend his days just allowing the earth to transform and to allow the creeping things and the vegetation and all that to start to be. And he's about, wow, my, it's good. But you know, Satan stepped in with his perverse desire and as a deformer wanted to disrupt that and bring chaos back. Here God had just, he, he had just spent all this time just trying to, to make it so perfect. My goodness. Oh, if it was me, which I'm not God, but I would be, I would be just been incredibly upset. Really? After all this time, you come in here and inject your, your, your rotten disorder. I've just spent all this. But God, he just, he knew what was going on. And so Satan, thinking he had to pull on the wool over God's eyes, he stepped in and to really again starts and tries to create chaos all over again. Satan. How cunning. Watch how cunning and sly he deformed the seeds. He couldn't destroy them, but he just deformed them. And so that's how Brother Bram says we realize that sin is righteousness perverted. He said it's just that a lie is truth misrepresented. It's the facts all out of order. They're missing. Maybe they're missing a fact. Therefore, there is no order at all. So that's all it is. It's devil creating some chaos. Brother Bram says adultery is the right act. God, God ordained just took the wrong way. He said death is a perversion of life. Death just takes sea, it just deforms life. It's chaos. Death, indeed, is chaos in the body. And here, Adam and Eve, as they fell, and they believed the words of the serpent, and they fell in the garden, I can imagine, I just would, was pondering how their bodies began to transform into disorder. What a terrible moment. As now the consequences of their unbelief was now starting to take a hold in their vessels. You know, before any physical changes actually came, though, they had to, the the word of God was taken out of order. That was first. When the servant said, thou shalt not surely die. That was first. It was the word out of order. Then when the word went out of order, then the consequences started to come down and the body now started to take effect on the unbelief and the disorder that they received of the words of the serpent. And Adam began to age. Eve began to age. And a wrinkle started to set in. You think how many years? We don't even know. Perfect bodies. The epitome of life itself. I couldn't even describe Adam. I mean, we, we have our minds of what we could think, or Eve. But they, they, it was perfect in every way. But here, just the simplest teeny little crow's nest, wrink, crow's eye, whatever you want to call it, wrinkle, would start to come in. Can you imagine? <gasps> Adam. It, it would have been a funny thing. Oh, you got a new wrinkle. No, this would have been terrible. Because now the, 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 the fingers of death actually start to, to start to, grip they're actually their being and chaos and disorder is starting to actually take a hold of the cells of their body 
because of unbelief. Suddenly an ache appeared. He's out shoveling. He's toiling by the sweat of his brow. He pulls a shovel and... Never felt that before. There was a day when Eve had to give the first massage. Well, I don't even, what, what do you do here? I mean, your muscles are, oh, I never, I don't know how to handle this. It's the facts. Things started to break down. What a terrible time. Because every time one came, it reminded them fresh again of the fall. Over and over, the newest thing, that the newest ache, the newest pain, the newest wrinkle, the, the grayest hair, the first white hair, it was a reminder. You listen, to the, you listen to the serpent. You fell in the garden. You believed a lie. You allowed chaos to enter God's creation every time. Terrible moments. And Cain, a product of the disorder product serpent adjusting the word and putting in the knot you know why do you think satan fights you so hard because he wants you to disbelieve the word of god without question because he knows if he can he's going to create chaos in your life if I can just get you to disbelieve one word, one verse, one scripture, just something, just believe something, I know I'm going to create chaos in your world. Because that's all he was trying to get with, with Eve and Adam. Just one. And there, Eve lost her headship listening to the serpent. Adam lost his headship when listening to Eve. And complete order was lost. It was gone. And their position... As son and daughter of God, their position, who they were there in the garden and what they held was lost due to unbelief. And Adam and Eve, they lost their position and in, and earth just went into complete chaos. My goodness, I can't even imagine the animals as well. And all that, they just crumbled at these moments. You know, and I thought, you know, my goodness, do we actually realize the importance of when we get out of step? If we just get out of position, we step out of headship. There, Eve stepped out of headship. She should never have been listening to the serpent in the first place. Her head was Adam. And she stepped out of headship and out of line, and she listens to the serpent and creates all this chaos. I said, Lord, what about us if we step out of position a little bit? The importance of our position. I could, I don't think could ever be under, under, overstated. And the impact of being in it or being out of it. But Abraham says the church is always trying to take somebody else's corner. He says, don't do that. You can never raise corn in Ephraim's corner. If you was Manasseh, you got to take your place in Christ positionally. Take it. Amen. He said, and I would, I know better Tom spoke on it, but we're going to apparently Lord feels to nail it again because Achan was majorly out of place. You say, well, that's a heavy story. It is a wickedly heavy story. But it's there in scripture to give a beware moment to every one of us. Here's Achan. Well, I don't want to read about him. Read about him. Because he got out of position and caused major problems and chaos in Israel. But Abraham says, there was a church that's failing today on that walk. He says, do you know that even your own behavior can knock somebody else out of getting healed? 
Your misbehavior of unconfessed sins of you believers can cause this church to bitterly fail. At the day of judgment, he said you'll be responsible for every bit of it. Oh, you say, now wait a minute, Brother Branham. Well, that's the truth. He says, think of it. Joshua, after he crossed over in the land, God gave him the promise of that. Just think, to fight an entire campaign without losing a man. Without even getting a scratch. Without even having a nurse or first aid or a band. God said, that land's yours. He says, think of fighting a campaign with no Red Cross. Think about it. You know how many armies fight and the medic aspect of the army is is big deal? Hey, before we step out there and, and go front lines and, and just and start shooting like crazy, do, do we have all the medical supplies up front here? Do we do we have all the medics prepared? Are they supplied well? Do we have the field hospitals ready for all the, the maimed and the wounded? Is it ready? Because we're going to have a lot of them. We're going in hard. We're going in hot and heavy. Do we Do we have the medical situation under control? That's a big deal. In war. No, Joshua, he's, it was like, hey, do we got, no, we don't need the medics. They're not even needed. You sure? Not even a bandage. No, no, not even a bandaid. Not even a bandaid. Nothing. You mean not a scratch? You know, someone's not going to stub their toe and bust a toenail? Nope, not even that. But we're in sandals. It doesn't matter. That's how he was going forward. Nothing was zippo. It's victory and we're praising God and his joy unspeakable, full of glory. We've got our land. It's been given to us. All right, let's go. This is amazing. It was for a short little bit, but something happened. What confidence they had. They slayed Amorites, Hittites. There wasn't even one hurt among them until sin come in the camp. Lord, help us. Achan took that Babylonian garment and that gold wedge. You know, I imagine Achan, maybe his, one of his thoughts, maybe his first said, it's just a small little wedge of gold. It's just one garment. I'm not, I'm not pillaging the whole place and, and filling my tent with it. It's just something tiny. It's something I can actually just even put in my tent and hide. It's so small. It's almost like nobody even could even see. I mean, a dash in, dash out, didn't even know I had it. It's just the tiniest of sin. It's just the tiniest of little hindrance that I'm kind of holding there, you know. And as Brother Tom said, you know, we're petting something or, or, or we're, we're, we're just, uh, you know, some, some little action that we're doing. It's just tiny. It's small. No one even knows. No one will even care, actually. I mean, who really cares about me? I'm just aching. I'm just like one of whatever million. Who even knows that I have one garment and a little wedge of gold? He justified it, I'm sure, over and over and over again. You know, it's not a big deal. I'm not out there drinking and partying and carousing and I'm not doing, I'm not doing anything major. It's just, you know, I listen to the odd song. And it's sort of a little country song on here, there, everywhere. It's small. This was just tiny in the grand scheme of things, okay? It was Aiken, really a nobody. We wouldn't even know of him. If he did nothing, we'd never know Aiken existed, actually. He was a nobody in that sense. I would have preferred to be a nobody than pasted in Scripture as the herald of, don't get out of place, you'll be Aiken. Amen. 
He thought, indeed, as we've said, nobody knows me. It's just me. I'm not really affecting anyone else. It's really just my thing. It's my problem, if you want to, or say, it's just my little sin or my little, you know, thing that I'm holding there between me and God. And, and, uh, and no one really needs to know about it. It's not their business. Just mind your own business. In fact, it, it's me and my world. What are you even concerned about me for? Hey, you know what? I just, you know, I've just been noticing, so, you know, brother, sister, that, you know, you know, you're maybe not coming to church, or you're doing this, or just notices maybe your demeanor's changed, you know, maybe there's what do you, hey, what do you care about me anyway? Mind your own business. Live your own life. Well, I'm just, I just, you know, Lord put me on, you're on my heart, and I, you know, no, it's my life, it's my world. Mind your business. And the next day, when they went to fight AI, with 3,000 men, as Brother Tom said, they ran into battle with a very tiny amount of people because, of course, they were running with confidence that they knew this was a, a simple and easy thing. In fact, can you imagine? I bet you the first war they went in full force. Well, God says we gave us the land. We're going in strong. And, man, every fight man was going in. Then after some battles, I don't know how many exactly off my heart, but uh, by, obviously by the time they got to AI, they're like, you know what, just go home. and uh, we'll Who wants to go today? You know, I just need 3,000. That's how it came down to. Right? And they came back and 36 men died. You say, well, 36 men out of 3,000. I mean, come on, we have hundreds of thousands of men die in war. 36 men in their camp, it should have been none. Zero. And when the first one went down, can you imagine the shock wave that went through those 3,000 men? Utter unbelief, disbelief. What is happening? What just went on? How are we being defeated right now? The, the mind. And then, of course, are you in the battle? You're fighting here and suddenly your, your buddy's down? Your best bud just died? You know, usually guys, you know, when guys do stuff, they go with their buddies. Hey, you going? Yeah, we're going. Okay, you know, I'll come too. Hey, are you guys going over to so-and-so's house? Yeah, we know what? Yeah, sure. Now we're coming along. You know, people, guys, like go with their buddies. Hey, you going to fight at AI? Yeah, I'm going to go fight at AI. Okay, I'll come along. I'll fight too. You know, I was, I was going to maybe sit back on this one. And then he was watching his buddy go down. What's going on? And then he's out of the fight and then maybe he goes down because his game's out of the game. He's trying to fight here. Well, this shouldn't happen. My brother or sister shouldn't be falling in sin. Well, what's happening? Boom. Satan nails him because he's got his eyes now off the battle because someone else went down. What's going on here? And they start to retreat and 36 are dead. My, why'd they die? Innocent men. Brother Bam says, because one man stepped out of line and created disorder. He got out of order. He got out of line. You see, the reason this needs to be taught, question mark, Brother Bam says, the church lining up, lining up with the word, lining up with God and lining up with each other, walking perfectly upright, soberly before all men, fearing God. Because one man stole a garment, done something that he should not be done, took a life of 36 men. Brother Bram thought it was 16 at the time. He was just trying to try to remember. Joshua called. He said, whoa, 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 something's wrong. Stop. No more battles until we deal with this. It's serious, saints. We don't come to church 
just to come to church, as you've heard it probably a thousand times over the years. And Joshua would be saying, we're just not going to battle just to go to battle. We meant business in battle, and suddenly someone's dying in battle. We're going to figure it out right here, right now. Who's the problem? That would have been serious time. I don't know if you guys have ever put yourself there. But if you put yourself there when they started casting lots, and they started whittling it down to whose tribe it was, and then whose family it was, I am wondering why Achan wasn't just saying, it's me, it's me, I'm the problem. I got, like, no, all the way down until it got right nailed down to him. And then, fi- and then it wasn't that he even confessed, it was, it was, it's you. God, let that never be the case in the ranks of the living God. If God is speaking and you have something and you like, oh Lord, I, I need to lay that down on the altar. I have something, Lord, that, that's really been hindering me. Or I've got a little garment in my life or a little wedge of gold. And I don't want that to hinder the body of Christ. Because when we come and we pray together and we're expecting a healing or expecting God to move, surely no one is going to be hindering that prayer. You say, no, I want to bring it before the Lord right now. I want to just lay it right there, God. I ain't no aching. I'm going to let the armies of the living God go forth in victory. Pure chaos when it's out of position. My goodness, the damage can be a lifelong. Lifelong. We don't want to be, as Brother Bram says, if you're supposed to raise oats, he says, well, but I'm going to get corn too, all right? You ain't got nothing to do with corn. He says, get oats. It's your part to raise. You ain't supposed to herd sheep when you're supposed to herd cattle. God wants you, wants to place the church, but every one of them wants to do the same thing. Well, I kind of like what he does. I want to be who he, what, what he does in the church or she does. I, I don't really like what I'm doing. There's a position, saints, for everybody in the body. Whether you think it's big or small or whatever, it's a body. And when it's out of order, when a cell goes out of order, we got major issues. One cell out of order creates a cancer. One cell out of the hundred million million cells. That's how important it is that Lord help us stay right in position so that we are a mighty invincible army as Joshua was. Amen. The church is supposed to be predestinated unto the adoption or the placing of children. But Abraham says, he says, and that's when the Philistines will go backing up. <laughs> I want the Philistines, I want the devil to be backing up. I don't want him being like, yeah, see last time Achan, uh, you see that problem? You don't think the word traveled fast there? I bet you it did. The grapevine was like, my goodness, Israel just lost some men. Let's put the heat on. Let, uh, we got to go get them. No, we want the devil backing up. We don't want him being like, ah, they're weak right now. Let's take him out. Uh-uh. We don't want that. He says, my goodness, we want the Philistines to go back up. He says, the shorts go off, the hair will grow, the faces will be washed, cigars will be missing. Sure hope there's no cigars around here. That right when the church begins to get in its mighty power, when we have an Ananias and Sapphira, and a few of them, yes, sir, you'll see that when the Holy Church stands together in its power, positionally placed as sons of God, adopted into the family of God, a powerful church standing there in its glory. Don't think it won't happen. Don't think you won't have those moments. He says Ananias and Sapphira. But we want to be positionally placed so that God can move and deal with the situation and not be hindering what he's wanting to do amongst his people. Amen. Chaos. Out of position. 
Maybe you look at your home. Say, my house is in chaos. My home is in chaos. Well, somebody out of position. Because when the head gets out of line, or the wife gets out of line, you will have chaos in the home. It just is what it is. Everybody going in a different direction, maybe haven't even had a family dinner in weeks, I'd say there's probably chaos in the home. Let's get a home in order. You know, simple, this one's free. Little children, when we had little children, we put them to bed. They had a bedtime. We had structure. We had order. Some people don't do that, but I'm just giving you, this is just me. We had structure. We put our kids to bed at a certain time. They just didn't run around till midnight. It just didn't happen. You know why? Because actually me and my wife, that allowed us to have time together. Because mom is busy through the day. Dad is busy through the day. And so to keep some good order in the home, children, they went to bed at a certain time so that then the husband and wife could have their time and it was not chaotic in the home. That's just a free tidbit. You know, staying in position can sometimes be difficult. And sometimes you have to separate from everything that Abraham says that's dear on earth to you to take your position that God has called you to. I'm going to read that line again and you just chew on it. Sometimes you have to separate from everything that's dear on earth to you to take your position that God has called you to. That's how highly God thinks of you in your position. He says, I actually require you to, to disconnect from anything. Anything. Separate from it. Because I want you in your place. For me to do my mighty work through you and my body, you need to be in place. And so if it, you have to, separate from everything. Incredible. He says, I'm sure you can read between the lines of what I'm saying. And sometimes the very dearest person on earth, you have to shake hands with and take your position in Christ to where God has called you. This is Brother Branham. You can take it up with him. But what is God doing? He's transforming you from what you was. Maybe a son or daughter or whatever it is from a lovely family. He says sometimes you somewhere else because he places you somewhere else because it's his way of doing it by renewing of your mind to obey the word of God regardless of what the price. Difficult to be in position in times. But you know, the Lord wasn't leaving his creation in chaos. He wasn't going to leave it completely out of position. He wasn't going to leave his son and Adam and Eve, his son and his daughter, lost of their, of their inheritance, of no headship and just out wandering and lost in sin. He wasn't going to leave it that way. There's no way. God was not going to leave it in complete chaos. Amen. He's not going to leave you in complete chaos. And if you're, if things are out of order, that's why there's the preaching of the word. That's why the message of the hour is to get you in order and in position. So there is no chaos, man, but he wasn't going to leave his world, everything that he created in that state. And so here Satan had desired and indeed did throw it into complete and utter pandemonium. And the earth has been in travail for 6,000 years and it's groaned. It's groaned. Scripture even states it's groaning. Because it's out of order. Romans 8.22 says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also. And my, I was thinking of how all through, and through then 4,000 years, just the, the chaotic aspect as God can then brooded. And he came, we're going skip, to skip into Calvary. And there, I mean, the earth here, the earth was groaning at Calvary. 
as they were, as even nature saw the king of glory is dying and dies. And nature belched forth. Nature went into chaos. Darkness covered the land. Earthquake happened. It just went, it just, it just belched its last. How could this be? That Christ now had given his breath, his last breath. And so it belched its displeasure. Something was out of order. Nature couldn't figure it out. And so it was going in chaos. But God was on the move. <laughs> Nature might not have understood it. But God was on the move to bring order back. He said, it's okay. Here we go. He said, there's one thing that all creation is subject to. And that is God's word. Period. All right. Everything. Eve got away from the word and was subject to disorder. But when you come back to the word, all creation, all nature is subject to the word of God. And so now the word himself is on the scene. And it takes all the havoc and the commotion and all of that. And now he's going to start to bring it back in line. How many examples, if we just look at even nature itself, when Christ was on, was on the earth... And we look at even, I mean, my goodness, when he walked by the fig tree and the fig tree didn't even have fruit on it. And the reverse happened. It, was, it wasn't bearing anything. He's, he cursed the tree. He says, you're not going to bear fruit forever. Boom. It withered. And so I was like, oh my goodness. Why? Because the word spoke and nature had to then do what the word said. It didn't have an option. It withered faster than any withering tree ever. And the disciples were, oh my goodness, this thing just withered to nothing. Yes. How when he was in the boat and the winds and the waves and the turmoil was there. And he had to, Jesus was on, was, they called call him Jesus on the scene. His brother Brandon speaks the message. And all the, the, the storm was raging and they wake him up from his sleep. And he gets on the bow of the boat and he says, peace, be still. Why? Because the word spoke. And then they're looking at all. Can you imagine being in the boat and it, it just raging like crazy? Anybody been on a ferry in a storm would maybe have a small tidbit of understanding. And then suddenly he's like, whoa. Because the word spoke. It brought complete peace. Not too long after that, they got on the shore and Jesus put his feet on the, on the, where Legion was in the Gadarenes. And not just nature, not just this realm now. Here Legion now comes and the demons throw him at the feet of Jesus. They start to worship and say, don't, don't, say, don't torment us. Don't, don't send us away, you know, before our time. And, and here they are. And, 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 and I can tell you right now that supernatural realm, the demonic realm was in chaos. Why? Because the word was on the scene. Nature had to make way. Nature had to subdue. But now the supernatural demonic realm was now under the same word. My goodness, and Legion is there, and there Jesus is before, before the, the, the devil. He says, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion. And then he casts the devils out. Why? Because what did they have to do? They had to respond. Oh, no, don't send us out. Please don't, don't send us to those pigs over there. And there's actually conversation here between the demons and Jesus Christ. And then when he said, go out of him, they had to leave immediately, and they drowned themselves. Why? Because the, the, G, the, the king of glory was there. And the word was speaking and all creation and all demonic realm had to listen. The power of the word of God. The same happened with Lazarus. I love the story. 
There was chaos in that little home. Death was creeping in the door. Poor little Lazarus there was sick and dying. Hey, what if your brother or your sister was dying? Your husband, your wife could do nothing about it. And Jesus is now as far away. And we know the story and I won't go through it because I have a little bit to go through here without taking up too much time. But here they call Jesus on the scene. And he finally makes his way and he comes before the tomb. He says, roll the stone away. And we all know the story so familiar. But it was chaos there. It was mourning and it was wailing. And oh my goodness, it was a terrible moment. And even Jesus, he loved him so. And so he even broke down and he wept. You know, he loved him. And, and it was, and you can imagine those times they had quite the, the wailing, you know, the, the, the burial processions and crying and tears and such. And here he is in the middle of it. And my goodness, he knew exactly what was going to happen. But here and so in the middle, Jesus said, he cries out. He says, Lazarus, come forth. The Word of God took that chaotic mo- moment, that pandemonium time, and called it to another dimension. Lazarus wasn't in the body. He wasn't in the, he wasn't in that tomb. He was somewhere having a good time. He, uh, he said, wait, wait a second, my name's been called. I'm coming back. Jesus has called me back to the earth. And so he stepped back into the body and came out because the Word spoke. Yeah. The Word spoke. And nature must come into order. Yes, sir. Because even when the word speaks, your body must come into action. Your body must come into order. When God says, I am your healer, EBA, I am the God that healeth all your disease. Your body must come into subjection to the word of God. And don't you disbelieve it for a moment. We have too many accounts here. And in a message of this day that proves that the truth. Amen. Now, I'm just going to attempt this last little bit. I'm trying to cram it into and hope you can just follow the thought. Now here, Lord is going to bring order back. Back into humanity. Humanity is, man has been fallen. Man is lost. Man is undone. Without God or his son, as the song was written. Brother Branham says, he first being it was a spirit. God, supernatural, all right, the great eternal. Second, he was, he began to form himself towards flesh. He began to form himself towards flesh in a theophany called the word. Okay, a body, he says. This then is the state he was in when he met Abraham was called Melchizedek. So he was in a word body. A theophany body is what Brother Branham says. He was in the form of the theophany. He was the word. Okay, I want to talk, I just want to just tuck these here in your heart and just, just grab onto it. He says, 2 Corinthians 5, 1. If this earthly body be dissolved, this earthly tabernacle, we have another one. He says, see, we bypassed that. We bypassed the word body. We bypassed the theophany body, he says. And we went straight from God, the attribute, because if you were, if you were part of God, you were in his thoughts. And so then you were an attribute in his mind. He, he knew you and you skipped that word body and went right to a flesh body. Okay, to be tempted and tested by sin like Adam did. But when testing of his word is over, then we are taken up to this body that was prepared to us before the foundation of the world up to the word body, the theophany. 
He says it is the word there that we skipped. Following. Come right around down here to be tempted and tested. If we'd have come through that word body, we'd have been no temptation. We'd have known all things. That's the reason Jesus knowed all things. Because he came in a specific order. He went from spirit down to a word body in a theophany and then down into flesh. So he came a certain way. That's why he could know all things. All right. You and I skipped it. We missed that part. He says, what is, he says, then we, he goes, his word, uh, all these things, because he was the word before he was flesh. Then we become the word. All right. He says, what is a theophany? He says, it's something you could not see. It could be right here, right now, yet you can't see it. Anybody see that theophany right now? <laughs> it's in a different dimension. He said, it's like television. And he speaks and gives that example. He talks about television. He said, it's another dimension. He goes, there's people moving through here right now. Is there people moving through here right now? Yeah, indeed there is. Because if I, I put a television set right here, I know that's pretty old school. It's like, Brother Michael, we stream. All right, but let's just go here. Put a TV set here and had some ears on it. And you dial it in, you'd see something on it. You'd see, you'd see a person. You maybe see a news anchor from China or something like that. You know, Ukraine giving an update. It's a body, it's flesh. You'd hear their voice. Where is it coming from? Where, where, where's that image coming from? Something sending it up into a certain way, a, a transmitter, and there's a receiver. But in the middle here, what is it? What form is that? What, what, can, can, explain it to me. You can't. I mean, come on, this is 1960s material here, a TV or something. You should be able to explain it. No, it's in a different form that our eyes can't see. We're not built to see that. It's only subject, our bodies, to the five senses. But it's another dimension that can be seen. He says, a transformation by a television. And so he's trying to give an idea of a theophany. It can only be seen by the right vision. You know, that, that, uh, that uh, form at which these images are flying through these, or this air right now, it's always been here. We've heard that before. But Abraham says it was there with Elijah's day. It was there in Moses' day. He says it was there when Adam was here on Mount Carmel with Elijah. It was here when Jesus and Nazareth was on the shores. But you know, he said, they, now we're discovering it. Of course, then they would have, they, he goes, they wouldn't have believed it then. He said, hey, do you know that there's actually bodies moving through the air? You're insane. They'd lock you up back then. But now you're like, duh, of course. And we moved on from that. That's like below standard death. We're 8K. But then they would never believe you. He says, but now it's a reality. Now it's a reality. The same applies. Let's just, let's just skip this up a little bit. The same applies to the message today. But the, the message of this hour is it was revealed. It was still sitting in here. It was still in here. It just hadn't been revealed yet. They just wouldn't have believed it then. They didn't believe it through all these other ages, but it took another one with a different vision to come in this day to say, this is the word of your hour. And then it took a special set, an attribute of God to be able to receive that and say, yeah, that's a reality to me now. It's been laying there all this time, but not until a people that would believe it, could it become a reality. Mm. 
Amen. Amen. And for a people like you and I who are going to get ready to step into another realm, that's who it came to. It became a message of the hour to give us a taste of that dimension, to tell us what it actually looks like, to tell us that it's actually there. I touched them. I, they, God, oh, my precious brother, I felt them. It was a handshake. There was something. It wasn't a puff of cloud. No. It was real. It was tangible. And it came to this day, oh, 1800 years ago. Like, no, don't even believe it. But now, now, there's a set, there's an attribute that's tuned in just exactly right. And it's beaming out the word of God. Amen. Amen. It takes the right vessel, the right channel. It's not Noah's message. Not that channel. Click, 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 click. You get in the ark. No, no. That didn't work. Put blood on the door. Look, look, that didn't work. Uh-uh. But a message of this hour, opening up the seals, revealing serpent seed, revealing the great whore, all of the Godhead, the baptism. You dialed that in. You're like, yeah, that's exactly right. That's the word of this day. I believe every word of that. That's God bringing order. Now, he was in the beginning of the word, and Morphe, body, he came, lived in that, in the person of Melchizedek. Then later, we never heard him no more. He says he became Jesus Christ, flesh. Melchizedek was the priest, but he became Christ. And by past, now you bypass that, as we've said. You come like Adam, like me. Amen. We've, we talked about that now. We'll just skip ahead. He says, but look, clearly makes it clear you'll never be the word unless you was a thought in the beginning. Alright, and so there is predestination right there. You can't be the word unless you're a thought. Because a thought is a word expressed, or a word is a thought expressed. And so if you're never a thought, you'll never be a word. So if you're never in the mind of God, you don't even have a theophany. You don't even have a word body because you're never a thought. But we are thoughts of God. And so there's a theophany there. And I'll tell you why, how you know. Because it's calling to you. We'll get there. See, how do I know it's a thought of God? Because the word of this day starts pricking at your soul. You say, I believe every aspect of that. And I want more of that. Oh God, reveal yourself to me. That's because you are a thought of God. And you've got a responding set. Now, Christ, the word himself now. In flesh manifested what the word or word had already stated. Now I want to just help me get here. Give me, just give me some moments here. He says now, now Jesus became flesh, but he was perfect. He was born of a virgin. He wasn't of humanity. He was a created seed. And now to have a created seed, you need man and woman. You need part of DNA from the man, part of DNA from the woman. This is, this is how you have a baby. It takes egg and sperm. So, where did this, where did the egg, where did the female part come from? <laughs> it was created. <laughs> Alright, don't get stumped. <laughs> You're like, where are you going? It was created. Okay. So here this was a created. The beginning of the new creation is who he was. Jesus Christ now came down and stepped into flesh in, 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 in a body that God made. No man. No man. So this is actually, this is actually, he knew no sin. No sin. He became sin for you and I, but he knew no sin. Alright? So then, his body was so perfect. How come he aged? 
How did, how did he look 50 when he was 30? This is perfect. This is perfection. This isn't your and I body here that came through sin. This is a perfect blood, blood cell, a perfect sperm, a perfect egg. God created body. It aged. He died. How is this? I will tell you. <laughs> because this said it. He said he was bruised for our iniquities. He bore our sorrow. He bore our sin. And that word seed came into order of this word. It had to because it had to obey the word. So the perfect seed by the word of God became death. Because it said it had to. It said it had to go to death. He said, I'm going to take on sin. I'm going to become sin for you. And therefore my perfect body, which should not have even went one little bit of age, aged. It should not have bore sorrow. It should not have been acquainted with grief. But it did because it said so. His word said so. And so the supernatural, the perfect being, being of God, went into subjection and into order of the word. Understand? This is mighty important. Nature. If nature took its course and came into subjection... The perfection, the beginning of creation, also now came into subjection of the word and came into order with what it decreed. Man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, born our griefs, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, laid on him the iniquity. He was oppressed as a lamb to the slaughter. And all of the of Isaiah, just Isaiah alone, that alone would take the perfect seed, the perfect body. And actually revert and, and, and put it into subjection and make it die. Incredible. This is immortality. This is God of all. His body. He was made sin for us who knew no sin. His perfect cell, the second Adam, by believing the word of God, by believing the word of God, Became sin. And the word overtook his body. And it died on Calvary. And then the same word. (laughs) The same word. The one scripture. I will not leave my soul in hell. Not will it see corruption. The same word rose it up again. Amen. Again in subjection to the word of God. I tell you as we come, I, I'm going to have to close. We got, I'd run out of time. But why did he do that? Why did God do that? Because he was showing you and I the way. He was showing us the way of how our bodies can come into subjection to the word. He said a seed of God will follow the word of God. Alright, so he was laying a pathway for you and me. Because if it worked in forward forward action, what about reverse action? 
What about those that were born in death? What about those that are born in sorrow? What about those that are born through sex? What about those that had, 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 had sin upon them? Not even a chance of redemption. He said, it's okay. My word defied the perfect body. My same word. If you just believe it. If you just believe it. You who were dead in trespasses and sins. Oh my goodness, if you could just believe the word of God, your body will come into subjection of the word and you will walk and be resurrected in newness of life. He proved it worked. He proved it. He had to for you and me. He had to show us, I'm not going to do something that you can't do. I'm not going to do something fantastical. Something that's in the other world. I'm just going to believe my own word. And my perfect body is going to start to degrade. My perfect body is going to feel the weight of your sin. My perfect body is going to start to look wrinkled and haggard because of you. But I'm just believing this. I'm believing my own word for you. And I'm going to look 50. I'm going to look old. Because I'm believing the word. The word made him look old. (laughs) I know the same word that's going to make somebody look brand new. Amen. I know a word that's going to make somebody look like they're 18 or 20 someday. That same word of God, if it can make him die and take a perfect body to the grave and raise it, that same body, Brother Roy, is going to raise you and I in the newness of life. Glory. Hallelujah. Perfection to death. Death to perfection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can praise Him. We can give Him glory. Thank you, Jesus, for the Word of God. You are handling Jesus Christ in word form that made Him death and made you and I life. Amen. Glory. It's not difficult. I'm so thankful he gave us an easy way. Just believe. Glory. You know what you're hearing right now? You know what you're hearing right now? You're hearing your theophany. You're hearing the word. Actually, it's your word. Because it's your word body. And it's just calling to you. God made, he knew it. He said, if you're an attribute, then you had a word body to begin with. You just skipped it, but now you're hearing from it right now. That's why you're charged. That's why you're, oh God, I believe it. Because your theophany is calling you. It's part of you. It's part of you. It's not just some other being. It's actually you, the other part. And you're going to just step into it. Amen. There are people that are going to be here. Us. And we're going to step into a theophany. Amen. There'll be those that will raise up. They'll grab their theophany. Come down and get a glorified body. Oh, it's going to be a time. It's going to be a time. When our bodies 
when we become the word, oh my, it's robing us in our theophany. Hallelujah. My goodness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Musicians, why don't you come? Amen. That's why we can... That's why when we can read the scripture or read the message, but Abraham says, and God has already raised us up potentially. The quickening power that raised us from a life of sin and changed our being. It has potentially raised us up in Jesus Christ. He says, which the resurrection will bring us forth into the full maturity. You're actually potentially already raised. You're already actually mid-ascension. Rapture's on, hate to break it to you, but the shout has already come. There's a voice in a trump. We're already mid-process. I'm telling you, the call's getting pretty loud. What's that exactly? I know, I'm just dying to get there. Amen. Amen. We're formed to the word image to be partaker of the word. To feed on the word. Oh my. These bodies of flesh. We partake of this earth. It's a cursed earth. It's a cursed earth. How do you think people's bodies are dying? Hybriding this and that and the other. They got cursed in the first place. But we're feeding on a different word. We're partaking of a different word. Amen. The word that brings our bodies. Not in disorder. Not as I eat this and drink that and have this and have that that breaks my body down. In fact, cancer cells, they say too much this, too much that. So I actually do that. No, no, no. We're not partaking of that. We're partaking of the body word. Amen. Amen. That's bringing these bodies back into order. Amen. I'll tell you right now, that's the most organic food you're ever going to have. You looking for nutrients? It's this word. Amen. Amen. Glory. Yes, sir. Amen. But eBay, and when you become subject to that spirit, it throws your whole being subject to that spirit. And the spirit is nothing in the world but this seed word made manifest or quickened. Hallelujah, made alive. He said, when the Bible says don't do this and body quickly turns to that, there's no question. He says, what is it? It's the earnest of the resurrection. This body will be raised up again because it's already started. If you're like, well, I'm just waiting for rapture. I'm just waiting for resurrection. It started already. <laughs> just so you know that you're already maybe a few inches off the ground. It started. He said, it's all, it's once was subject to sin, mire and corruption, but now it's got the earnest. Amen. It's got the Holy Spirit living inside. It's turned heavenly. Now that's the earnest that you're going in the rapture. Amen. Glory to God. Why don't we stand? My. Amen. Glory. Bless his holy name. My, I had some more, but we just can't get there. And I don't dare start. <laughs> Amen. You know, I, I had a couple songs, but you're going to have to help me sing it. Because it's probably not in. I, I asked him to put it in. I'm going to throw throwing at you, but Ryan, he's like, you wouldn't do that. Well, uh, my theophany, we have it in there. Do we know the song? Yeah, it's calling me. Amen. It's calling, come up a little higher. That's right. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. There's a file that I sent you 
that was supposed to be added had the verses to it. Uh-oh. Now that's the, that's... Did one get... Can't you hear my your theophany? My. I think, yep, yep, there we go. There we go, that one? Oh, yeah. There, a new day has dawned. And I don't know what it brings, but somehow I feel I'm almost home. I know some of you probably don't even know it. So you're just going to have to hum it and try to grasp it. And those that do know it, tell me who does. Oh, dear. Sing aloud. Okay, you know what, Brother Ryan? A new day has dawned. And I don't know what it brings. Somebody help me now. But somehow I feel I'm almost home. Yes, there we go. Almost home. Turning back to yesterday. But pressing toward my high calling in Christ. I can hear my theophany calling me. Here we go. Oh, can't you hear? Oh, can't you hear? Your theophany calling you. It's a time When the whole world is your rocking and your faith in pain, but we have the bright glorified in Him and say, even though you may suffer, hold your anger to the Lord, for your perfection. It's drawing just you just a little bit of preparation just setting that expectation because it's right there amen amen i saw the song come up my theophany i think that was the other song that you were thinking we were going to sing 966 is that the one 966 you know this one those are the verses that you're going to add there you know 
One day I'm going to take a step to my heart. It's got the verses and I need to sing them. Sure. Sure. Tell me they're there. Not there. Dear goodness. Who knows the verses for me? Who knows it? Okay, boy. Come on up here. We're going to sing this with you. Technology failed me today. I even tucked them out. We're going to rejoice. You've got to go. That's fine. I know, and don't hurt me not. I know you got to work early morning, 5 a.m. That's okay. Here we go. Go ahead. Oh, don't you worry, little children. No, when death knocks on my door, don't you know that death is a doorway that leads to a heavenly shore? Yeah. 
Amen. I pray. Thank you, Josiah. I pray you heard a little bit from your theophany tonight. You're walking out here just a little higher. A little higher. Amen. Because I tell you, oh, that doorway, hell is pressing into this realm more heavier and heavier than ever. Chaos and disorder are coming. Brother Branham had a vision when he was 14 and he went into that earth, hell, hell realm. It's not terrible. I won't even get into it. I have it in my notes. But from somehow from that realm at 14, it then pressed itself to where then he came and he sought in J.C. Penny. And hell had somehow transferred from that vision to this dimension. Somehow pressed itself. But at the same time, saints, if that dimension, the hellish demonic realm, can press into this realm, that means you and I are going to go from this dimension and get into that one. Amen. They can come here. They can have it. They can have this earth just for a little while, then they're going to get burned out of here. I'll give it to them for a little while because I'm getting out of here. I'm going to a wedding supper. Yes, sir. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love your word. My Lord Jesus, just to know that you took your word and you subjected yourself to it. Your perfectness subjected your body, Lord, to the word of God. And it brought it, Lord, so that it could actually die and take on age and take on humanity. But, Lord, you showed us that if you could do that in forward action, the reverse action would also apply if you, we, as humanity that is dead in sin, could take your word and place it in our hearts. We could join you in eternity. Lord, I pray, Lord, anybody here tonight, Lord, that's with their heart's crying desire. I don't want to be left behind when we start going up just a little higher into that other realm, Lord. Maybe, Lord, there's something that they got like aching out of position. Lord, may tonight, may by the word of God, they lay that down. They cast that Babylonian garment into the fire. May it burn up with smoke. Lord, may they cast that rotten gold in this world. Lord, the sin that would be so easily be set us aside so that they can run this race with patience, Lord, and apprehend the goal and the prize that is set before us. I commit this little group of people, our body of believers you've given us, Lord, to sojourn with. May, Lord, we be a unified body. Lord, that we can, Lord, go forward. Lord, and subject ourselves to the Word of God and we be sensitive to the moving of your Holy Spirit. Bless the people, Lord. I know that it's summertime now. I, Lord, many will be traveling through these next months ahead. I pray traveling mercies, Lord. Lord, on our little sheep. I pray, Lord, you go with the families. Give them a wonderful time together. As they would be, Lord, just taking this opportunity. And make the bonds, Lord, of the families stronger. Both, Lord, individually and collectively, Lord, I pray. And, Lord, so, Jesus, we commit this these next weeks and months ahead. Into your precious and holy name. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Sorry for holding you a little bit. You have a wonderful week. Enjoy the sunshine. Might need to put on some sunscreen because it's about 30. Turn off the streaming so nobody hears us complaining. We're not complaining. We're we're rejoicing. (laughs) Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you, Lord willing, on Sunday morning. Amen. God bless you.